welcome to the Forest Lakes District EFCA podcast. The FLD's focus is to connect, equip, and multiply churches in fulfillment of our vision to glorify God by multiplying transformational churches among all people. In today's podcast, we hear from Kevin Huff as he speaks on the identifying and developing of spirit-led leaders. This session was recorded at the FLD Fall Leaders Conference in 2022. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for, if you are, um, if you are in identifying and developing spirit-led leaders, you are in the right place. So, and I have been given the privilege of introducing a good friend of mine, uh, Kevin Huff. Kevin and his dear wife came down and visited Tim and I when we were uh, on sabbatical and uh, just had a great, great time together. I've been given a prepared introduction here, so I'm going to say this into the the recording here. Kevin loves the Lord. Amen. All right. That's probably enough. Yeah. (laughs) He loves his dear wife, Skye, and his children. Uh, He's a serial entrepreneur. He's the president of uh, Cornerstone Pastors Network, which ironically last year at Refresh came down and he encouraged us. So much of an encouragement that he did one of the airport runs at 4.30 in the morning, and I was able to sleep in and do the 6 o'clock one. So thank you for that. I don't know if I ever thank you for that, but he came down and was part of our Refresh Senior Pastors getaway. Um, He has a passion for pickleball. He taught us how to play pickleball, and my wife and I are recovering pickleball addicts, so he plays. There is no recovery. There is no, yes. And so he spends most of his time challenging leaders to change the status quo. So would you join me in giving a warm welcome to Kevin Huff. All right, here's my stragglers. I don't want you to miss this, Paul. Okay, we're here. Come on up. Yeah, really Could I uh, ask one of you to shut? Actually, I'll ask these folks on the way in. You might shut the door on the way in. I appreciate it. It just seems to change the sound in a room like this. Good morning. Good morning. morning. They say if you're nervous in front of a group to picture them on their underwear, but I am not going to take that risk this morning. (laughs) I'm just going to try and feel comfortable anyway. I am so humbled to be with you. It's an honor, truly a privilege. He's given enough of an introduction for me, and I mean, my name's Kevin. That's probably good enough as it is. I wish I could get to know all your names, but you can help me out. A lot of you seem to be named Schedule. The other ones, if you have a good name, I can read a lot easier. If you can flip it around, that way I can call on you, Doug. Keith, Rick. Yeah, stand or sit, your choice. Yeah. But if you bring brownies, I did, yeah. there's I all kinds share. of forgiveness. All kinds of forgiveness. Uh, here's why I'm humbled. The great news is today does not depend on me. And the other great news is it did not depend on you. When we focus on leadership uh, and we have conversations like this, we need to recognize that all things are possible with God. And therefore, since it doesn't rest on us, we're already off to a good start together. We're going to focus on a few things around leadership today, and I hope that we can talk about things that we don't normally think about where leadership's concerned. 
And, uh, and I spend a lot of my time in the corporate world, and in that space, we tend to see that most of the things that are done are done the same way over and over and over and over again. I don't care who writes the book, what they title it, what colors of pictures they put in it, or what words they use, it's the same stuff regurgitated. And almost always, it continues to get us the same results we've gotten, which just aren't good results. When I talk to pastors, because I do have this role with Cornerstone Pastors Network, and I get to ask pastors... Tell me about your churches. Tell me about your leadership teams. Let's talk about the elders, the deacons, whatever you have established in your churches. I hear a lot of the same things. Man, I wish I had a great elder board, or I just, uh, we need a couple changes, or if I could just find some good leaders. And I don't know if that's something you face or not face, but I do think we should be surrounding ourselves with leaders, even if we're not looking to bring them into our church. So as we look to uh, find that council or to groom that council, or to bring that council in as a part of our leadership team, uh, let's discuss what that might look like and what that might mean. All right. We should probably start with um, <clears throat> these things, I guess. Yeah, these, I, I, get, I get things all over the room. So as you can see, you're probably going to have to get up and do some work today. But uh, Three, two, one. They say just write three numbers on a sheet of paper, and it captures people's attention. So I did it. <laughs> uh, we're going to tackle three questions two problems, and have, at the end, one option. That's what we're going to go through today. So there's my little three, two, one for today. Um, all right. I want to start off with this first question. And the first question I'm going to ask you is, and we're going to have to do some work together here. Uh, I don't know how many people are really in here, but I'm going to do my best to kind of just break you up. So I'm going to take the back two rows in each side, and you're going to, oh, no, the back two rows. The back two rows. And you're going to go over to that corner over there. Give me a second. The front three rows are going to come over to that corner. No, that corner. The front three rows are going to go to that corner. Well, back two rows over there. You guys right there. You guys right here. Here's what you're going to capture. You're going to capture the top characteristics that we look for in leaders. What do you think those top characteristics are? Now, I'm going to break that up for you. So before we go to those places, you'll see that there's a quadrant there with four squares. And in that quadrant, we're going to look at four specific areas. We're going to look at aptitude. Aptitude. I'll write these up here. Don't worry about taking notes. I got you, back. <laughs> aptitude, attitude, cultural fit, and skills. Those are four areas we're going to look at. Those are primarily the areas that you would find a... Uh, you want to spend your time in any way if you're looking for somebody, whether you're hiring them in a leadership role or other role, it doesn't matter. Those are four areas. Aptitude, attitude, culture or cultural fit, and skills. Now, we've got to distinguish between aptitude and attitude, and I present myself as an example. <clears throat> My desire, attitude, to be a world champion pickleball player is unmatched. My desire, give me some, brother. <laughs> yeah. It is unmatched. I have committed to becoming a world champion pickleball player. Now I present to you my aptitude. From the side. I am currently not in a physical position to beat some of those guys that are much better and faster than I am. That's the big difference between the two. One can say heart and mind when they think about attitude and aptitude. But the difference between the two is ability, aptitude, ability, attitude. But I really want to draw a much closer parallel and understanding between the two. Here's how I'm going to do it. Attitude is not positive or negative. It's a choice. So here's a great example. If you're capable of learning, 
then you can choose to be coachable. So aptitude is ability to learn. Attitude is being coachable. See the difference there? I'm making a choice. So when we think of all these different aptitudes that are out there and all these different attitudes that are out there, they almost always pair up with something else. We're going to find today some interesting things about where we're headed with aptitude and attitude specifically. Culture is probably obvious. Hey, you all have your own churches. You, know, you kind of know what your culture is like, where you live, and you need that culture to match. But the most important thing regarding culture is you've got to operate from the same playbook. Good news is we have that playbook, right? We know the word. We have the word. We have that playbook. And then skills, which is just usually a list of things that are really, really, really important, like able to read, write, talk, type, whatever it is for your positions that you're looking for uh, to fill, right? Again, be they positions in a church or positions around you as counsel. All right. So four areas. I'm going to write them right here as a reminder to you. Aptitude, attitude. You can see my writing is not good. I came in multiple hours. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. Attitude. I came in a long time ago just to write characteristics of a leader in a way you could read it. So uh, culture and skills. If I spend all this time talking to you, we're all going to hate it. So it's your turn now. I need you to go to those spots. I've got a marker on the chair, a marker out by the window, and a marker on the piano for each of those respective spots. I'll, I will answer that question. And I want you to capture those four areas, what you think you're looking for, in a leader. Yeah? Could you make a distinction between aptitude and skill? Absolutely. If I have the ability to dribble a basketball, but I have not practiced it, then I am not going to be skilled at dribbling a basketball. Uh, we all see it in our kids when they pick up a ball, right? They can bounce it, right? That's dribbling. But is that the kind of dribbling we think about when we think about someone who's skilled at dribbling? No, that's this, 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 right? Yeah. Great question. Any other questions? My favorite part is to send you out and make you work. Like, this is a workshop. That's what we're here to do, Paul. I know, you signed up for the wrong group. <laughs> that's, B, that's B4 down the hall. <laughs> All right, you have time. Five, ten minutes, 15 minutes. Trust me, this is very important. Because this is when we begin to identify the difference between where we think we should go or where we are going and where we really need to go. Let's see which ones you have that match up. So if you would just give us one of your top aptitudes. aptitudes. I see it's Jesus in the middle. That's a very good spot. It's like we're in Sunday school and you nailed it. Uh, top aptitude. And what I'm asking you two to do is tell me, is that also on your list? What do you have? Aptitude. Um, well, our, our first one was planning slash task management. Okay. You have that under aptitude? We've got strategic, but I wouldn't think. Okay. You know where you put it? You put it under organizer, probably, because your organization up there too, right? Right. But it's not in that same quadrant. That's okay. What's your second one? Second one is calm. Do you have peaceful or calm or chill? We got, we got peacemaker down here. Okay, good. That's a match. Third okay. one was health, like 
We've got decent planning so far that matched up. What's your next one? Next one was stability. Uh, what's backbone mean? Thick skin, ability to handle disagreement. That would be ability. Yeah. Similar. Backbone would be Similar. Okay. Uh, you have more? One more? That's no, it? No more. What's the, what's the one you have that we haven't said yet? Coachability. That is technically an attitude. Learning is the aptitude that goes with it. Oh. All right. <coughs> learning. Do you have learning up there? Not an aptitude. Uh, what else would you have? An aptitude. Charismatic. Faithful. Okay. I'd accept either one. I definitely would put it under attitude, but I think it's a, a good one. Influencer. What? Influencer? Uh, mentoring. You have under aptitude, I don't know what the Okay. Discipline. Discipline? You have that under attitude. <coughs> Self control. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of these that are going to go both ways. That's okay. What does EQ stand for? Emotional, emotional quotient. Or emotional intelligence for EI. Okay. So you have EQ in there? Yeah. We all have EQ. Every one of us. So what was that group looking for under EQ? Five. High score? <laughs> a high EQ? Do you have anything about intelligence over there or emotional intelligence? We have smart. <laughs> so, uh, to distinguish these two, IQ is aptitude and EQ is attitude. Choice you make. Our emotional decisions, our, our awareness around us, right? Whether we're internally aware or whether we're relationally aware. Visionary. Visionary? Okay. Anything else? And then we have delegator. Uh, Taskmaster? No, we just we had mentoring and that kind of still fits there. Yeah, okay. And then what else did you have left that we didn't say? Uh, availability was like your are you available to do what we're asking you to do? Okay. Any others? No. All right. Now let's start here. We're gonna keep going. Uh, attitude. Anything we have not mentioned? We have faithful. We have self-control. We have emotionally stable slash EQ high. You have you? humility. You have humility? Yes, we do. Outstanding. Confidence or boldness? Confidence? No. We have positive people. We have Jesus for Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I got positive. I got positive. All right. Um, <laughs> What's the next one? I have that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't put it because I have it. And 
integrity. Do you have integrity or trustworthiness or honesty or? <laughs> okay, they do. It's in our culture. It's just misplaced. It's not in our attitude. One of the obvious challenges is they really do all kind of mesh together. And at some point in time, you guys quit splitting hairs and go, hey, it's on the board. Yeah. Right? It's on the board. All right, good. Uh, any others? Uh, hungry or willing, like. Driven? Yeah. Hungry, driven, earnest, Desire. eager. Desire. That works. I'm going to put willing and eager. It's a little bit of a departure from what you've got, but hopefully. That's it? Yeah. Any others? We got team player. Hmm. Do you have a team player? We have it under culture. Okay. I kind of like it there better, but I'm not going to argue again. Encourager. You gotta have that one after John earlier. <laughs> you missed that one, John. We're all in trouble. <laughs> if there's one thing you take home, then that's people here. Just take home that one, okay? <laughs> Heard that loud and clear earlier. What else did you have? Okay, we've got equipper. Yeah? A little Timothy action? What else? We did not have equipper. <laughs> what else? Positive. Submissive or servant or okay. what else did you have that we didn't cover? Uh, sort of went with stable. I like it. What else? Perseverance. I'm not writing down for you. Don't have them. Sorry. Perseverance, resiliency. What else? Okay. Self control. Okay. Thank you. Your turn to start. Let's culture brutal. Let's do culture. Brutal. Okay. All right. Yeah, the encouragement. Okay. Yep, yep. Yeah, just go. Yeah, it's such a winner. We'll just circle it up here. Okay, what up? Visionary. Uh, we had that one before, so we'll give a little check mark. Okay. Wait, we didn't. I think we uh, Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Sorry. Okay, good listener. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> okay, that's fine. It's on there. Good. Okay. I heard you. I listened to you. I actually knew what you said. Understanding. Understanding? Comprehension? No? Friend day? I think it's Spanish today. We were doing Spanish earlier. No? Okay. Open to change. Ooh. Flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. All right, good. Okay, what else? And then we do have the flexibility that you were just saying. Excellent. And then development. Meaning what? Flexibility. No, development meaning what? Oh, I don't know. Development meaning. Go ahead. Improving, getting better. Okay, good, good, good. So they're learning. I, I didn't know if you meant developing themselves or developing others, or if you meant both. Okay, yeah, all right, great. Perfect. Yeah. Growing and learning. Okay, great. Knowledgeable. Yeah, great. 
develop slash developer. That's it? That's it. What else do you have underneath culture? Yeah, yeah. Okay, anything else under culture? Uh, we have sensitivity to, like, to the culture. Oh, okay. <coughs> oh, keep going. They don't have it. <laughs> um, like, contextual, like, do you, are you aware of how to be in your culture? Like, I'm going to say down awareness. And we'll start here, last quadrant. Anything you have left in um, skills that we've not already mentioned? Uh, we have techniques. Oh, tech. That might be important. That's T E C H dash Y, correct? Okay. Um, organizational or administrative skills. Yeah, we kind of had that before, yeah. Planning, et cetera. Communication. I haven't written that up here yet, but I'll put it down right now. Great. What else? Conflict resolution. Peacemaker. Oh, yeah, we have peacemaker. Yeah. Great. Um, teacher. Okay. Yeah, we had teachable, but I think teacher is a little different. We also had fun. Fun? Fun with. Oh, <laughs> fun sounds like more fun than fundraising. <laughs> Did you have fun or fundraising, either one? No. Thank you. What do you have left? We have educated. Did you have, do you have educated or knowledgeable or wise or? No. Well, I did catch that one earlier. Okay, next. We have welcomes feedback. Did you have that? And you're open to what? What was your culture open to? Uh, Just openness and, I don't know, things like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I said that. Open to openness with new ideas and culture. I think that's kind of what you were just saying there with your, uh, uh, what's the next, the last one? Welcome, the welcome one. Or welcome feedback. Yeah, I think that's kind of, they, they certainly go hand in hand. We were talking with welcome feedback, we were talking about And any others? Experience. So knowledgeable, uh, educated, experienced. Experienced meaning I've got years behind me. Is that what we mean by experienced? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Do you have experienced? No. What's anything you have left? Yeah. Good listener. Great listener. <laughs> so. Great listener. <laughs> Improve good to great. Something a book Jim Collins once wrote. Yeah. Delegator. Well, you're the only one that has that. I'm sorry. Next. <laughs> and talent scout. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Thank you all very much. I appreciate that. <coughs> now, right, go get lunch. <laughs> okay. Good stuff. This runs us into, though, uh, a challenge, which is our first problem that we're going to tackle today. And the problem is this. People secretly want to be led. I don't know if you believe that or not, but it's true. People secretly want to be led. 
They won't really tell you, but they do want you to tell them. They want to be led. Why is that a challenge for leaders? Because you want them to go out there and just do. If they see it needs to be done, just go ahead and do it. Or come and talk to you about it and say, hey, what about this idea? Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to leave them without actually ever giving them something. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what she's leading without the know that they're being led. Yeah. yeah. What would be a pitfall or a trap for a leader knowing that people want to be led or secretly want to be led? What would be a pitfall or trap for somebody uh, in a leadership position, especially, but knowing that people secretly want to be led? According to its own agenda. Yes. Big, easy trap. It's easy to, I'll use the word manipulate, but to fulfill or uh, uh, um, approach our own agenda. From a perspective of having <clears throat> help that isn't really help, yeah. right? That we are manipulating or in some way massaging to make do what we want to have them do. That is a big trap for leaders because guess what type of leader that is? Cult leader. It's not a biblical leader, is it? Yeah, it's a cult leader. Yeah. So that's the biggest problem that we face as leaders is <clears throat> recognizing when we are doing it for our own benefit or when we're doing it for the benefit of what we're leading toward. Whatever path we're heading down, if we're uh, sort of arm in arm together, going down that path in the same place, and we're in the same, on the same playbook, the word we have, then are we going in that direction with all the leadership that we're providing, or is some of it self-serving? That's why humility is an important attitude. And what do we not have up here? Wait, what do we have up here? And how do we circle, right? Because it's everywhere. Yeah. Very important one. Which brings me to our second question, which is, who does God draw attention to? Who does God draw attention to? Jesus. He draws attention to himself. That's who God draws attention to. Always to himself. Through you, perhaps, but to himself. Sarah. Moses. Rahab. Gideon. Paul. The list goes on and on. Second Corinthians. Paul. I mean, what a, what a chapter. He draws attention to himself. And when we are in a leadership role and we are drawing attention to anything but God, especially in a Christian leadership role, I would argue that that's not true in the secular world, then we are uh, completely off. But those names I just shared with you, Sarah, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, who else did I say? Paul, there's a whole bunch of them. Samson, Samuel, I keep going on and on. What do those names all have in common? One really glaring thing. Weakness. All of those names have in common one really glaring thing, which is weakness. And weakness probably should have been on our board for leaders in the Christian space. Because what do we know about in our weakness? He is strong. Yes. So I want to have you think about attitude and aptitude now in a different way. Before I said aptitude was my ability to do something, and aptitude was how I chose to do it. So for instance, I, if I am teachable, I have that ability, then my aptitude can choose to be coachable. But now I want you to think about aptitude from a different perspective. 
If in my weakness he is strong, then what does my aptitude have to do with any of it? I want us to reconsider now all four of these categories like this. <coughs> I want us to reconsider them in such a way that we recognize that it's a matter of the heart more than anything else. And so we're going to put attitude here. And we're going to put aptitude here. Because that's the value we need to associate to what's important scripturally. We're going to dig into those attitudes here in just a second and provide some more evidence as to why these are the ones that they are. But they are not what we commonly look for. We don't look for weakness when we look for leaders. I beg you to look for weakness when you look for leaders. Now, what kind of weakness is important too? <laughs> We're not looking for spiritually weak people. But we are looking for the right kind of weakness that God can work through. So now attitude and aptitude are a whole different story. That's the big one. And then you can put culture. And you can put skill down here. And that's certainly important. Especially in your local environments. Or for the role you're trying to fulfill. I think in many ways, and I wish I had the scripture. I wonder if I had the scripture handy. First Peter 3 8. Does anyone have it handy? Let me see if I have it in here. Oh, I do have it. Uh, 1 Peter 3, 8 through 17. Suffering for righteousness' sake is what we're talking about here, right? So finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for to you, excuse me, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Right in there is a lot of good nuggets. We're talking about responding versus <coughs> reacting. Responding in and through him, with him, instead of reacting, which is cult, uh, cultural, visceral, personal, carnal, all those types of words. <clears throat> For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. <clears throat> but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? What a great question. Who is there to harm you if you're zealous for what is good? Love that question. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you'll be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Huge, huge, huge um, uh, dichotomy between reacting and responding in that scripture. And when we look for somebody who is going to have the right attitudes, one of them would be an attitude of response versus react. Does that make sense? Okay. Here's the thing, though. If we pull out the characteristics of a leader from what we find in Scripture, and we start with weakness, and then we move to response, which I'll go ahead and throw up here real quick. Weakness. In the right way. Responsive. Not reactionary. I, I live this one. Okay, I live this one, but I live it over here with my kids. Man, do I react when they do something wrong. 
I'm horrible about responding. I am working on it. And I've worked on it for 21 years with one of them, 16 years with the other, and I have not figured it out yet. But you know what I'm talking about. There are so many times I could have approached my discipline of them in a responsive way versus a reactionary way, and I know I failed that test. <clears throat> the next one I want to give you, and I'll just tell you in advance that it's the greatest of all of these. It's going to be love. Okay, love. Um, Mark 12, 30 through 31, love the Lord our God. Heart, soul, mind, strength. You guys know this, right? And love our neighbor as ourselves. So what we're really hearing here is that the fullness of the Spirit, or the fruit of the Spirit, the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit, um, comes from loving God and loving people. It's very simple. So love. And uh, the next one, and we had it, circled it multiple times, humility. Such a good one. Solo Cristo. This is humility, right? It's all about him. It's all about his glory. And real humility or being humble comes from the security that our identity is in Christ. That's the only place it can really come from. Otherwise, I'm going to be concerned about what everyone else thinks about me or whatever. It's not about me. I started by saying the good news is it's not about me and it's not about you. Thankfully, with all things are possible. So humility. Um, Jesus, the friend of tax collectors, the friend of sinners. See it in Luke 7, Luke 18. See it in James 3. We all stumble in many ways, right? All of us. James 5. Here's the hardest scripture for me to read, I think. James 5, 16. Confess our sins to one another? No, thank you. And yet? That's what the penitent man would do. Obedience. It's the next one. Obedience. And I think we had, did we have, no, we didn't. Obedience. Um, and obedience is an interesting one because <clears throat> obviously obedience to Christ and obedience to his word. Room full of pastors, you just have to say that's a no-brainer. You already know that. But obedience means that we must lead ourselves first before we lead others. If I cannot lead my own self in obedience, I cannot lead others in obedience. So lead myself first before I lead others. And again, I have your back. If you're taking notes, that's great. I will send all these notes out through John or Rob to everybody. We did have this one, although I, we had it as integrity. I'm going to use the word trustworthiness. I believe that there's um, a lot to be said about integrity. In fact, I think trustworthiness means integrity in all things. And when you think about in all things, what that really means, it's not just um, <clears throat> that I'm telling you the truth right now or that I'm an honest human being. It means that I am surrounding myself with the type of people that when you see who I've surrounded myself with, you go, there is integrity in the choices he is making. There is trustworthiness in that man. So trustworthiness is a really, really, really important one. The next one is faithfulness. Faithfulness. I feel like we had a scripture verse about that this morning. Um, now here's what I'm going to uh, ask a question about. Hopefully you've thought of it before. I didn't think about it until recently. So faithfulness is someone who trusts God. It's somebody who seeks God. Somebody who works to fulfill the commission. I think we're all on board there. Somebody who perseveres. And faithfulness is somebody God trusts. 
faithfulness is somebody God trusts. Think about when he chooses to entrust us with something. That's showing us that, he, that he's uh, um, looking at us as faithful. Service. Service. Faithfulness and service. Or servanthood. Or... Not going to be any questions here, right? 2 Corinthians uh, 5.15. Who do we live for? No longer ourselves, but for him. In 1 Corinthians 4, Paul describes his own ministry, and in verse 2 he says that it required of Felix that they be found faithful. Yes. Yes. Um, Stephen, Stephen Green. Steve Green sang a song about may all who come behind us find us faithful. I think was the name of the name. I can't remember the name of the song, but I know that I can hear it. May all who come behind us find us faithful. I love that song. Such a great scripture. Thank you. That was 1 Corinthians 4. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. 2. Yeah, excellent. Uh, okay, so service. Now let's go to kindness. Ephesians 4, 2. Speaking of 4, 2s. Uh, humility, gentleness, patience. We know this verse. Bearing with one another in love. So, kindness. I could have written any of those words up here. I just chose kindness. I go back to my story about my children and my reactionary. When I react, I am not kind. When I react, I am not trustworthy. When I react, I am not obedient. When I react, I am not faithful. It's bad. When I react, I am weak. Might be something to that. Uh, let's go to joy. Oh, I love this one. It transforms us and it regenerates us. Right? Every day... What's scripture say about every day? This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And his mercies are made new, every right? Day. Every day. That's regenerative, transformative, and it's joy. And it totally belongs up here. If those are scripturally um, the attitudes that we're looking for. Now the question becomes, question three, how do we find those in somebody? How do we find those in somebody? So what is, what is the answer? Well, before we go there, let's talk about Proverbs. We have some good Proverbs verses this morning. Let's throw a few more at you. In fact, let's throw chapters at you now. At the very end of Proverbs, we have chapters 31. And chapter 31 is? The Proverbs wife, or the <coughs> virtuous woman, or... Okay, so Proverbs 31, a good wife. In the middle of Proverbs, we have Proverbs 16, a good life. We're going to talk about it that way. The Proverbs 16 is a good life. If we dig into Proverbs 16, we see all kinds of really great hints towards the type of people we want to surround ourselves with. I'm going to read you Proverbs 16. The plans of the heart belong to man. Mm. First stab, right out of the gate. The plans of the heart belong to men. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. Ugh, reacting, reacting, reacting. But the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So you start with the plans of the heart belong to a man and finish those couple verses with, instead, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. 
The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. An oracle is on the lips of a king. His mouth does not sin in judgment. A just balance and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his work. It is an abomination to kings to do evil, for the throne is established by righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of a king, and he who loves him speaks what is right. A king's wrath is a messenger of death, and a wise man will appease it. In the light of a king's face there is life, and in his favor, excuse me, and his favor is like the clouds that bring the spring rain. How much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. The highway of the upright turns aside from evil. Whoever guards his way preserves his life. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Whoever gives thought to the word will to the word will discover good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. The wise of heart is called discerning, and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Good sense is a, is a fountain of life to him who has it, but the instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the body. How many times could I have given gracious words to my children and didn't? But look, they're like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, health to the body. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. A worker's appetite works for him. His mouth urges him on. A worthless man plots evil, and his speech is like a scorching fire. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. A man of violence entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. Whoever winks his eye plans dishonest things. He who purses his lips brings evil to pass. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. In verses 1, 3, and 9, we find that people that are leaders seek his direction. In verse 5, we find that they're modest. In verse 7, we find that they're peacemakers. In verse 8, we find that they're fair and just. In verse 13, we find that they seek and surround themselves with counsel. Same things in Proverbs 15, 22. We, in verse 16, we find out that they're good learners. They are humble, verse 18 through 19. They are sensible, verses 22 through 23. They are kind, verses 24 through 27. Slow to anger, verse 32. That matches a lot of what we have right here from the rest of Scripture. All summed up in the middle of Proverbs chapter 16. So how do we find these leaders? Observation and examination. We have all the evidence we need when we hang around with people to observe their true character, don't we? And if we need to find more about who they are, then we examine them, which means we ask them questions. This could be in a hanging out scenario. could be in an interview scenario. But observation and examination are how we determine, are we finding people with these qualities? You give me people with these qualities over the other qualities that we typically think of as a leader, and I'll show you a team that will take this uh, church, take this group, take this class, take this people, take this whatever, to a place that the Lord wants it to go, not that they want to go. 
It's not easy to ask those kind of questions, or at least for to come up with those kind of questions. So I'm going to give you some examples real quick. Uh, and Brian, I don't want you to answer, I'm just saying your name. So I know you're Brian. Tell me about a time when things were going really good in your life. You were achieving what you were trying to achieve. Would the people around you, your friends, your family, would they say that that was due to the work that you were doing? Or would they uh, relate to another resource in your life? Now, that's a tough question. I'm not asking him his opinion. I'm asking him what the people around him would say. And that gives me insight to what they believe about his character. And he will probably struggle to answer the question. He and Brian, whoever I'm asking the question of. He will probably struggle to answer the question in a way that pats himself on the back as much as they would if he just said, tell me why you were successful. We want to be creative in the way that we ask questions when we're trying to find the types of things that aren't easy to find if you don't have other evidence, right? If we only have uh, some anecdotal evidence or we don't have that experiential evidence, we're not with them. Ask the right kinds of questions. That's how we can examine them and, and find out. Um, <clears throat> but that's the other problem. How do you ask those questions? So we've tackled three questions, two problems. Here's our one option. Our one option is if we're looking for top Christian leaders or to find Christian leaders or to have really how we tell this um, workshop spirit-led leaders and or we want to raise up the same type of people then this is what we're gunning towards. We're gunning towards people that we know have a weakness that can be used as a strength when God's in control of it. We're looking for people that are obedient to him and to his word. They're trustworthy in all their actions. They aren't just trustworthy on Sunday morning. They aren't just trustworthy in small group. They aren't just trustworthy in the, in the men's basketball team that's the church group. They aren't just trustworthy in pockets. They are always trustworthy. We are looking for people who are responsive to their situation and to the things around them. You know how much is encompassed in that word? Patience is encompassed in that word. Kindness is encompassed. Some of these other words are encompassed just right there in that word of being responsive instead of reactive. Whew. Love. Conquers all. We don't have to really add anything else on the board, but it is worth having the other words up there just as good reminders. If we just really love how we're supposed to love, it's all covered. Faithful. In all things, just like trustworthy. This isn't sometimes faithful. Service. Oh, man, who did I hear say this? Paul, was it you? No, it wasn't you. I'm trying to remember who said, heard said this. I heard a great phrase. At, um, I don't know. It was a good pastor, so probably you, Paul. <laughs> I didn't say great pastor. That's on the other category. <laughs> uh, he said, do you love your wife? Yes. Would you lay down your life for your wife? Yes. Of course I would. I, I'm... I'm her husband, or this was premarital counseling, actually. <laughs> I always thought that the next question was, but do you like her? That's a good question, right? He said, so will you pick up your socks? <laughs> like, if you say to me now that you love this person, and you lay down your life for them, wouldn't you also do the little things that sort of matter also? I hate that question, too. <laughs> Dude, I'm a sloppy guy. I hate that I, question. I don't think that was a quote for me. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we all love acronyms, and even if you don't, I'm going to leave you with an acronym. If we summed it all up, I would say holy. 
Honor, obey, love Yahweh. That's it. That's how I would sum it up. If you find people that honor, obey, and love Yahweh, that's holy. We have found what we're looking for in terms of who we want to surround ourselves with and in terms of who we want to raise up in the Lord or in leadership roles for other lives. Any questions? Have you developed a list of questions that you'd be churches to ask at a meeting? I would give you some tips. Yeah, I'd be happy to put them together. Is that what you're asking me to do? Yeah, okay. or if you don't already have this, you can mm-hmm. We have some. say that there's anything wrong with the list that we came up with, but a lot of those words aren't the important words. Great communicator, not Moses, right? I mean, we can kind of look at those things and go right back to the bottom and go, interesting, God works with that person, and we can scratch communicator right off the list, because they weren't a great communicator, and we can choose other ones and scratch them off the, off the list. Uh, where does David fit on this list? Hmm. Pick one, right? Uh, that's the best part about it is we have all this evidence. Now we just simply need to put it into action. So, great point. Any other questions or comments? So, looking for a leader, you know, it's like, this is something we need to be working on in our own selves, right? As a leader. Um, and there's failures here on our own parts because we're sinful. Yes. So, when you find a weakness, still be a leader like no I don't know I, I, are you asking this if their weakness is a sin that we are given scriptural evidence about in a, in a way that says like stop if we go to the qualifications for elders and deacons for example and, the, and it doesn't match then that's a no brainer mm-hmm. but if their weakness is I don't know it's a tough one I mean Moses' weakness was communication, but Scripture doesn't say that we have to be great communicators, right? But it does say that we need to be humble, kind, peaceful, joyous. I mean, we can list off all kinds of things that we're told to be, right? The fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, another good one. I think the same thing about David. Like, I want to love the dude, but I don't really know that I do. I struggle with where she complicit in it. So the answer to that awesome. question I would have would be the weakness I want to respond to. Yeah, this is why Strength Finders is the wrong name of the book. It should be Weakness Finders. And then we know where to work from. If I'm a good communicator... 
which I have been told that I am, it doesn't mean <laughs> I have the right attitudes to, that you want to surround yourself with. It doesn't mean that at all. Yeah, it's a great point, great question. And I don't know that we truly answered your question, but... Well, it's kind of like Paul, right? God chose Paul. <laughs> and Paul had some glaring problems. True. And a lingering one, the thorn in the flesh, right? But, we, but it doesn't seem to have precluded him from ministry in any way, shape, or form. But the previous glaring weaknesses did because he was killing us. So, but God intervened in that situation and turned that weakness into a strength for him because then he used that as, who am I? Like, look what I did. So I think if, that, if there's that humility that comes with that and that 180 degree that comes with that, then it's a whole different story. But if they, but if they want to revel in their weakness and it's okay with them to have it be a weakness and not work on that weakness or, or at least not give the weakness over to God, then that's not the right position. They grow. Right, right, right. Yeah, they're not overnight, right? They grow. Just like it's a slow fade, it's a slow growth in a lot of these areas. It's not, it's not easy for us. I told you I've been working 21 years on being responsive and not reactive where my kids are concerned. I'm much better where my wife is concerned. I think it's just because I love her more. So if you see a, a, a leader, Being honest. So if you see a person that has great, like a lot of these, but they're struggling with one, build into it. Yeah, I mean, this is where iron sharpens iron, and this is where we look at Scripture. And if we're going to be leaders or people who are discipling others, then that's exactly what we work towards. So that's why I say if we're looking for spirit-led spirit leaders, but we're also supposed to raise them up, then we're raising them up in these areas. We know that, I know that my kids aren't faithful at 13 years old. Not to the level that they have the ability to be with God in command. They can be much more faithful. They're still learning. Just like they're not that great at math yet. But they have the ability to, if they continue to learn, get there. Yeah. But I wouldn't say a weakness in any of these areas would preclude you from being a Christian, unless perhaps it's this one. Well, I think I've wrestled with, with a lot of stuff that's gone on uh, over the last couple of years with watching people and having that in my own heart. There's the question, you get to the reactionary part of it too. How I react to difficulties. And it's made me ask the question is Jesus my job or is he my Job versus joy, job versus Lord, job versus, great question. Yeah. And as soon as you ask yourself that question, what happens? You know exactly where to move yourself. Which side of the fence am I going to be on? Very easy decision. Yeah. Great comment. Anything else? I guess I'm still confused about what you mean by weakness up there. Is it an aptitude issue or like just basically humility? Like I reckon like I don't want to lead, I don't feel like I'm capable, I've got this I'm dealing with, or like you know that kind of weakness. Um, the challenge with weakness is it can come in so many different varieties, right? Again, if you look at Rahab or Sarah, uh, her, Sarah's weakness was what? Her unbelief, or you could say even her barrenness was a weakness. But that would never be the type of weakness that would preclude her from being a, a leader in a, in a Christian space, a spirit-led leader. But a weakness in my faith in who Christ is and who he says he is? would definitely be uh, something would be a big, big, big red flag if I was trying to put that person into a leadership role. So for instance, at my church, um, we have an elder board, and we every year uh, go through the names of the guys that we want to discuss and determine should they be on the elder board, and we go back to um, uh, uh, the evidence, right? So the examination component and the observation component. 
Well, in the observation component, we all know that there's a guy named Dallas, and the Dallas doesn't believe in the Trinity. So that's kind of a hard stop for us as elders. So even though he argues that there's no scriptural evidence because the Bible doesn't say Trinity or there's this, that, and the other, we believe in the Trinity. And so that's a weakness that we would identify on Dallas' side, and we work to continue to educate him or coach him or lead him in that space, share with him what we believe that the Spirit is revealing to us through his word. But he'll not become an elder as long as that's something that he holds as a belief because that's a weakness that we can't accept. But we don't in have terms to. of looking for a weakness, because it's an attitude that we're looking for, right? That I can, so like I, that's what, what I don't yeah. get. Well, so his is a choice. He, uh, and I don't, we don't know Dallas, so I guess it's kind of a big thing to keep talking about him all day long. But um, for Dallas, it's a choice. It's an, but he's choosing to be obstinate. It's literally a big roadblock in his life. And, and he, his wife knows it, his kids know it, his family knows it, his friends know it, his church knows it. It's just who he is. He just likes to butt up against what everyone else is saying and doing. He's obstinate. That's my 21-year-old daughter. Whatever I say, the opposite thing's out of her mouth. And so that's an attitude issue. I don't know that we've identified specifically under any of these, although, yeah, probably not any of those. Um, but candidly, for, for the church that I'm at and the beliefs that we hold, that's a weakness that will not be made whole or be worked through in an eldership role, and so God resolved that with them outside of it. That's a tough question you're asking. I like it, though. I'll just say, to me, with that understanding came from what you mentioned earlier, was understanding my identity in Christ. 100%. Apart from Christ, I can do nothing. Amen. There's a lot of things that find that weakness of that understanding. Yeah. And it's not an escape for us to do whatever we want to do, because it doesn't matter anymore because my identity is in Christ. That's not it at all because then we're given a whole bunch more scripture that tells us what that means to be the body and the temple, right? So, yeah. Good point. Any other questions or comments? I know I'm keeping you from lunch, but I love this part of the conversation. All right. Well, thank you. You've been wonderful and kind. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Forest Lakes District EFCA podcast. Before you go, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. By doing so, you're helping others to find and benefit from these resources. To hear more great content like this, please click subscribe. Finally, you can learn more about the FLE and the resources we have available for flourishing churches at our website, forestlakes-efca.org.